today I am going to answer a question that I get asked all of the time. And on the one hand, I love this question, but I also kind of don't like it because it has some assumptions embedded into it. So I want to break it down. And the question I get is, how do you do it all? And Kylie asked me recently, she wrote to me over on DMs and Instagram, you make it look so easy. And I think she was referring to running a business and homeschooling my four children. Mary said, I don't know how you do it. And Alice put it like this, riddle me this, how do you do it all? You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to The Parenting Junkie Show, this time the podcast version. I know that many of you joining me here now have already subscribed over on YouTube to the video version of The Parenting Junkie Show. And I will be now committing to uploading a new episode on audio right here, wherever you get your podcasts, um, every single week and to the video uh, show over on YouTube. And it will be separate shows. Sometimes it's going to correlate with each other. Sometimes they're going to be separate topics. We're going to grow and see and really respond to what you guys want. So make sure to give me your feedback I'm really excited to be doing this and I want to just give a big shout out to all of you who have helped make that happen. You are the reason we're launching this podcast. We are answering a repetitive request from our community and you are the reason that we're doing it in this format and in this way. And I just want to shout out to my team and to the incredible launch team for making this happen and helping me to create momentum and spread the word about loving parenting and parenting from love. I'm truly honored and humbled and really excited. If this is your first time tuning in to The Parenting Junkie Show, let me just introduce myself for a minute before I jump in. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad we found each other. I am Avital. I'm a mindful parenting coach and I'm the mother of four. And I joy school, which we'll delve into a little bit more soon. You'll see what I mean by that. Um, But in my work, I've helped thousands of parents reclaim presence, peace, and play for their family. And that is always my goal. I'm here to help you and I get rid of the chaos, the clutter, and handle the conflict and reclaim peace, presence, and play. So now let's talk about this idea of doing it all, of how I do it all. And I want to say why I love and don't love this question. I love this question because I do believe that we can all do pretty much anything that we set our minds to. I do believe that even as moms and dads, as parents of young children, we deserve to fulfill our dreams, to go after our passions and to have a meaningful, well-rounded life full of well-being. I reject the idea of being a victim, a martyr, and self-sacrificial as a parent. I think that it's even more important when you're a parent to live your best life, to feel good in your skin, to take care of yourself, because there are other people looking up to you and learning from your every step. So that's why I do love this question, because I do believe that we can do anything. But on the other hand, I don't like this question, because I don't believe we can do anything everything. And I think it's a really damaging narrative to think that now that women are in the workplace, we should 
master all of the different areas of our lives. We need to be thin and beautiful and sexy and make money and be amazing moms and cook organic wholesome food and clean the house and, 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 and do it all our own, right? There's this expectation that we need to do it all by ourselves. And I'm here to tell you that that is not only impossible, it's unhealthy and it's a terrible narrative that none of us are living up to. So if anyone ever looks to you like they are doing everything, they are not. And if that's something that you've projected onto me, then hopefully today I'm going to be breaking that down for you whilst also giving you some really practical ways you can do more of the things that you want to do. So no, you can't do everything, but you can do anything. I don't believe in doing it all. I believe in doing the important, meaningful things that give you joy. I believe there's a time and a place for everything, So don't use me or anyone else as a stick to beat yourself up with for not accomplishing more. And a little disclaimer is also that I, like you, am wired in an idiosyncratic way. I have my own temperament, personality, character traits, value systems, goals, beliefs, etc. that point me in my direction. Your direction is going to look very different. Your family's needs, resources, goals, etc., are going to be completely different from mine. Your situation, your culture, uh, your religion, all of the things that make your family who your family is, is completely different from mine. And therefore, many of the, the things that might work for me may not work for you and vice versa. So I want to just make that really, really clear. Um, Now, I am wired to be pretty active. I like to have goals and ambitions outside of parenting. In my case, they also relate to parenting because my work is around creating content and, and services that help parents. But I find it very important for me, for my self fulfillment, for my lifestyle, et cetera, to always be. Uh, working, working on my career. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm wired that way. But it's not to say that I believe in busyness. I do have a full and packed schedule, but I don't believe in busyness. I don't believe in doing, doing, doing. I actually am looking to create more being, more presence, slowing things down, living a simplified life. So I absolutely believe in inspired action, in taking action in the way that helps us, in the way that we feel good with, if it's aligned with our joy. But I don't believe in just being more busy and putting more things on your plate. So please don't use any of my advice to pile up your schedule or your to-do list um, and just do more, more, more. That is not the point at all. The point is how to do it all in the sense that how to do all the things that are important to you in this season of your life may not be important in the next season or things that may have been important in the previous season, but are no longer top of your priority list. So without further ado, let me dive into some of the points here. The first thing of how to do it all is counterintuitively not doing it all. So I've spoken to the fact that we can't do it all in terms of the fact that we can't squeeze in everything, but we also can't do it all in the sense that we can't be the only ones doing the things that we need to do. We must get help. I am a huge believer in help. I am a believer in hiring as much help as you can afford or in trying to find the resources 
to get the help in the ways that you can manage financially and from every other point of view as well. So to begin with, I had a lot less help than I have now. When I had just one baby and I started my business and I was working uh, part-time from home in a corporate gig as well, I still had help. I had housework help and I had help with my baby during those times that I was working, but I had much fewer hours than I have today. As my business has grown and my family has grown to four children under the age of eight now, and as my husband's work has become ever more demanding and he is home ever less, I have upped the amount of help that I have. So it's something that you grow into, but it is a mindset that you have to develop, I believe, in order to be effective at creating a life that is full of joy and that is productive. If you want to create things both in terms of your work or your contribution to the community or your contribution to your family or your self-growth, the times when you're investing in your health and your well-being and your mindfulness and your meditation, any of those things, if you want to free up time and resources to invest in those areas of your life, you need to get help with the things that aren't in your quote-unquote zone of genius, aren't your best things to spend time on. And so I think it's really, really important if you want to be more productive in that sense, in the healthy sense, to allocate those things that you are great at and that you enjoy to your plate and to get help with those things you are not great at or you don't enjoy really. So if it's, you know, housework, washing the dishes, doing the laundry, cleaning the house, it might be childcare. Maybe you don't enjoy sitting on the floor and playing with your toddler and you have this story in your head that it has to be you, that you can't find a mother's helper or a neighbor, that you can't barter help with someone else or that you can't accept help from grandma or an auntie because it's imperfect. If you have those stories in your head, but you feel a little bit stuck and like you're not able to break through and create this life that you feel like you're really doing it all, doing all the important things to you, the chances are that it's because you're not accepting help and you're not realizing the vitality of help in this day and age. I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a village to have a meaningful life as an adult as well. We all need help. We need help running our homes. We need help with our psychological baggage. We need help with our wellness, with our diet. We need help with our schedule. We need help in so many different areas. And of course, we need help if we're running a business or in our work. So I challenge you, and I would absolutely love it if you tag me on Instagram or on Facebook with at Parenting Junkie, or if you emailed me or DM me on Instagram, I would love to hear how are you going to get more help? One of the things I hear so often from my community is that they don't trust anyone else with their children, and that's why they don't have help. Even though they can afford it financially, they don't trust anyone. And I want to really encourage you to break that down, to deconstruct that story, to get off your high horse. There's a little bit of tough love I'm giving you here. You aren't the perfect be all and end all, the only person that your children can be with. They can be with many other people. It does not have to be perfect. Believe me, it's not perfect when my children are with me. So yeah, it's not perfect with any of our babysitters or with family members either, but the benefits way outweigh the costs. 
the benefit of me getting time to do other things, the benefit of my children being careful by other people and developing other types of relationships and learning how to navigate that, those benefits are absolutely huge. So I don't do it all. I have help. I have household help in a big way. I do very little household work, only on the weekends, really. During the week, I have full on household help. So I'm not doing laundry, I am not cleaning, and I am not even cooking. I have help with the cooking these days to make all of this possible for me. And I have help in my business. As my business grew, I started to hire more and more help. And the more it grows, the more help I'm getting because I want to keep doing this for a long time to come. And the only way for that to be sustainable and joyful for me is to get help. So sometimes we say, I can't afford the help, but I think that we need to ask ourselves if that's really true. If in fact, we can't afford not to get help. Once you get help, that frees up your energy and your time to invest in other things, which might be your money-making activity, your career, maybe. Uh, Or maybe it just means that you're investing in yourself and you're not gonna have a nervous breakdown or lose your health. You know, can you afford those things? Remember, not getting help has its cost all on its own. So I realize this comes from a very privileged place. It absolutely does. But I wanna tell you that I built this from the ground up and that it happens slowly and gradually and you can get even a very little bit of help for free. There are people in your community who want to help you for free, who would be happy to come over and play with your kid while you get a cup of coffee or a rest, who would be happy to switch with you. Maybe you can teach their child guitar once a week and they can come and watch your kids for a couple hours. Or maybe they'd be happy to have your kids over for a play date while you do some errands because that will entertain their kids and that will be helpful for them. I know I'm very happy to have a lot of my friends' kids over because it helps them and it helps me. My kids are busy with their kids and I can actually even work nearby while they're doing that. So there are lots of ways of getting help. Please do it. All right, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. I think you get the point, you need help. The next thing is to multitask. I know that this isn't popular because a lot of people think that that's not mindful and I agree, it's not mindful. So the thing with multitasking is it's not for everyone at every time, right? When we're having family meals, when I am taking care of my children, bathing them or reading to them or playing with them or feeding them, during those caregiving times, I'm not going to be multitasking, but pretty much all of the rest of the time, I am trying to leverage my time. So I do a lot of driving in our current schedule. And what I do while I'm driving is I listen to my podcasts and audiobooks that help teach me more about my craft, about parenting. So that's how I get to read so many books because I'm listening to them while I drive. I do that while I'm doing any housework as well. And that's also often a time that I do meetings. I'll just pick up the phone, be on the phone while I'm doing other things, while I'm walking on my morning walk or whatever it is, and I'll get those meetings done while I'm doing other things. So that's another form of multitasking. So think about how you can kind of compress activities. You know, if you're taking your kids to a class, for example, can you bring your laptop and sit there and get an hour's work crunched out while they're busy rather than just sitting there and scrolling through Facebook? Are there times of the week that would actually be really productive work times and that are totally available to you that you aren't claiming? So think about that. Another way I multitask is that I get my 
workout and my nature time while I'm caring for my children. So we'll go out on a morning walk and I'll be pushing the stroller and doing a walk and getting nature time. And that's another time that I could be listening to my audio. And one of the tricks that I have for this is that my children have their own audio to listen to in the car. So we use two separate devices. They'll listen to audiobooks for children and I'll listen to audiobooks for adults, um, which frees us up in that way. So that was, that's a really helpful tip that really helps me. And I will just say that although they're really expensive, I have Bluetooth earbuds and that has made a huge difference in my ability to listen and talk a little bit better when I'm on the go. So multitasking is important. The next thing is that I have a routine. I have a rhythm, a pretty clear weekly and daily flow that we go through. And having those rituals and rhythms and routines in such a predictable place in place for my family means that we have pretty much zero power struggles when it comes to moving through the day, getting out the door, all of getting to bed, mealtime. These are all so predictable that we know what we're doing. And because it's so predictable, I also have these blocks of time that I can do my work. And I know pretty reliably that unless someone gets sick, or unless something gets canceled, I will have that time. And so I'm not scrambling for time to do my work and to get my me time, to get my self-care in other areas of, of the week. I know when it's coming and I'm ready for it. So that's really, really helpful is to have a routine, to have a flow. And if you would like to hear a detailed version of my weekly flow currently, then you can listen to episode number two, where I'm going to outline for you a week in my life. And you can just take that as an example. It is not instructive by any means, and it changes season to season as my children grow and as our needs change. But I will give you an example of what that looks like. But I'm a big believer in bedtime, in morning routine, in our fixed kind of big rocks, I call them, the big rocks that we put in place throughout the day that don't move. Those big rocks don't move. We can rely on them and we're all better for it. So I know there are a lot of questions around unschooling and limits and bedtimes and should you enforce it and shouldn't you enforce it? Um, And I can go into that in detail in another place. I outline that in my present play membership. But the point is that, yes, I do believe in a flow. It doesn't have to be rigid or strict. It certainly doesn't have to be enforced with any meanness, but a flow in place is important. The next thing that is important is decluttering. And when I say decluttering, I mean both physically and in terms of your time. Decluttering the schedule, decluttering anything that doesn't serve you, decluttering even relationships that are dragging you down. So in this sense, I really don't do it all. There are many things that don't happen in this season of my life. There are emails that don't get answered. There are projects that don't get pursued. There are relationships that don't get kept up with. There are activities that I say no to, many activities that I say no to. And there are many things in my life that I declutter, that I give away, that I give up. And that is because I believe that everything that comes into our home, our wardrobe, our kitchen, our toy collection, our garage, our car, and our schedule, our time spent, needs to earn its place. It needs to be deserving of that type of energy. Because if you want to create a joyful, meaningful life, you need to make sure that all of the touch points throughout your day 
are geared towards and pointing towards joy. So if there are activities during your week that aren't geared towards joy, that are actually joy sucks and energy sucks, then those have to go. The goal is to create a life where our meals, our self-care, our sleep, our work, our career, our relationships, our friendships, our workout, our bodies, everything in our life is becoming more and more intentional, more and more driven by joy, by true inner joy, by peace, by presence, and by play, by a playful attitude. So anything that starts to feel like too much work, I minimize in my life. If there are things in my home that are not serving me, that are just cluttering up my home, that I just have to manage, right? Because we have to manage all the items in our home, then I say goodbye to them. There are relationships that I feel like they are too much work and they are not serving, they are not aligning, they are not joyful, then I let them slip away. And what all of this lets me do is to really be present and bring my full energy and bring my fullest excitement and enthusiasm and input to the things that I am doing and do those 100% rather than scattering the percentages of my energy around, I am trying to stay focused and really be with the thing that I'm doing with my whole heart. And so really decluttering. For example, I don't watch TV. I once in a while will find a show on Amazon Prime or on Netflix that is worth my time. And then I might enjoy it about once a week with my husband. So I probably watch about 45 minutes a week of TV, right? Or I don't go out much. If there are different, you know, fundraisers, galas, community events, uh, different restaurants to try, uh, all of these different events that are going on in my community, in my current phase of life, I say no to 90% of them. And the reason I do that is because my focus is elsewhere. I have other things that are more important to me right now. And those things might not be what's important to you. And that's just fine. There's no one way. But for me, what's really important to me right now is being present with my children and being present with my husband and being present with my work, with the parenting junkie. And so I say no to pretty much all of those things, right? I also don't spend much time on social media. I absolutely do spend time on social media for my work. You know, I spend time using social media for my mission and purpose and for my community. So if I'm there serving my community, showing up for my community, um, creating something productive, then I do spend time there. But I try very hard not to spend time just scrolling or just, you know, stalking ex-boyfriends. So niching down, being laser focused. And we try to do this within the Parenting Junkie as well. My team and I are always saying, well, how can we focus on what's really you know, on the 20%, how can we prune out the 80% of activities that we do that don't necessarily make the biggest impact and zone in on that 20% that does? And the same goes with my children. I niche down. I don't do everything for my children or everything with my children. I outsource. I get help. And those things that I do do with them, I try to bring my 100% to it. So there you have it. That is all about focusing down and decluttering. But there's one more thing that I really want to get into here, and it is supreme self-care. 
If you want to be productive, if you want to quote unquote do it all, if you want to show up with your fullest expression to your career, to your parenting, to your marriage, to your housekeeping, to your cooking, to your knitting, to whatever it is that's important to you right now, you must take care of yourself. You are running a machine, which is your body and your mind, And this machine needs rest and digest, and it needs fuel. It needs to be cared for just like any other machine, just like any other organism. But if you are running all of your resources down to the ground, if you're running yourself exhausted, if your mantra is, I'm so tired, if your daily is, I can't without caffeine, then something is awry and it won't last. That is the recipe for burnout. That is the recipe for depression. I will not stand by and hear whilst our culture toots this horn of motherhood and fatherhood is self-sacrifice. It is sleepless nights and losing, you know, our sexiness and losing our beautiful bodies and not eating first, eating last, eating the crumbs off the toddler's plate. All of these things are just cultural dictates. They are just stories that we are being told. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a lot of energy to be put into parenting and it doesn't need us to really, really step up. And yes, there are sleepless nights, but that should not be our narrative. That should not be our focus. Our focus, even more so because we are parents, should be taking care of ourselves. Because once you take care of yourself, once you feel rested, looked after, nourished, like you are in healthy relationships, like you are a citizen of the world, like you are here, like you matter. Once you feel cared for, then everything else flows. Then you can give to others in such an amazing way that it is never a sacrifice. It is just giving. It just flows from you happily. And I know this firsthand because I've done it both ways. And there will obviously be those days where I feel like a victim and I feel, oh, I'm, you know, woe is me. I have four kids and they need me all day and I'm too tired and I'm too, you know, poor me. I can't take care of myself. There will be those days, but I am the one responsible for my self-care. There is no one coming, no one saving me, no prince on a white horse who's going to come and say, oh, you just put your feet up. You've done enough. Now you need to take care of yourself. No, it's my responsibility to take care of myself, just as it's my responsibility to take care of my children. And so supreme self-care is incredibly important if you want to do it all. Typically what happens is people say, well, I have to do it all, so I better give up on my self-care. I'll give up on my yoga class or on my sleep or on my relationship or on all the things that make me feel good so that I can get my business off the ground, or so I can make more money, or so I can be there for my children while they're young. Do you have a story like this in your head? Do you know what I mean? This story that I'll get to me at the end, I'll I'll take care of me last. That story didn't come from you. It came from our culture, a culture that puts mothers in particular last. And it is so detrimental, and it is actually a recipe to not take care of anything because everything that you're doing is processed through that machine, your body and your mind. Everything is coming from there. That's where your energy is channeled. And so if there's something broken in that machine, if that machine is squeaky or if its battery is running low, how can it possibly have good output? How can it possibly create a productive life? So we need to flip that algorithm. We need to flip that 
equation. We need to go from the equation of time minus doing everything equals self-care and instead say time minus self-care equals the time left over for doing everything. Because when you slot self-care in there first, then you will have time to do all the important things beyond that. But if you leave self-care for last, you will never have time for self-care. Why? Because the task expands to fill the time at hand. So if you give all of your time to doing everything for everyone else, you'll have zero time left over for you and your machine will be squeaky and its batteries will run low. So I would absolutely love to hear what you are going to say no to so that you can say yes to self-care in some shape or form, whatever that means to you. What you could do is take a screenshot right now of this episode. I'll wait. Have you taken it? Okay, good. Now post that out on Instagram and tag me at Parenting Junkie and hashtag Parenting Junkie and let me know what you are doing to reclaim self-care, supreme self-care, radical self-care. Take care of yourself and ward off burnout. Now, I'll just leave you with this final thing about doing it all. Many of the things I've said here are technicalities, but one of the biggest influences of how much we do, how powerful and meaningful we can create our lives to be, how joyful our our flow is, is our mindset about it. It's what we think about it. And that's something I'm going to be unpacking in a really big way over the course of this podcast. And I would love to hear what you want to hear about that. But getting out of victim mindset, getting into abundance mindset, getting into a powerful mindset where I can do things, where my life is meaningful, where I can reclaim joy and play for my children and myself, where I can love parenting and parent from love. These are all things that happen in our minds. So yes, what happens on the practical level matters, but typically that flows from what we've said to ourselves in the deepest, darkest chambers of our heart. And that's something that we absolutely have to get into. So for me, that means that I am always working on my abundant mindset, on my optimism, on being relentlessly optimistic, on my resilience, on my grit, on my capacity to always see the silver lining, to always see challenges as they're for my growth rather than something that's being done to me, something that is there for me. Seeing every tantrum, every time a project doesn't go well, every time you have an argument with your husband, every time you get a flat tire, seeing this as an invitation to flex that muscle of optimism, to flex that muscle of gratitude, to show up to life and say, I'm doing it. I'm doing great. Look at me. I did it. So that is all about the mindset. And we're going to get into that in a really deep way. So I would absolutely love to hear from you. How do you do it all? What does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? And where would you like to be a little bit more productive, push yourself a little bit further to get into that zone of genius and out of those areas that are energy sucks for you? And the way you can do that is to tag me on Instagram, post that you have listened to this episode, just take a screenshot of it, tag me on Instagram with the hashtag Parenting Junkie or at Parenting Junkie. And I would love to share those to my stories and shout you out there. So please go ahead and tag me on Instagram. And I would absolutely be so grateful and appreciative if you subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it. 
It's our brand new podcast launch. We have some giveaways going on and I'll be giving away one of each of my courses and a year-long membership gift to the Present Play membership when it reopens in May. I'll be giving all of these away for free to some of our top raters and reviewers. So all you need to do to enter is go to theparentingjunkie.com slash review and follow the steps there to leave a review and let us know about it so that we can enter you into the giveaway and you can win some of these courses. I will be absolutely thrilled to be reading through your reviews and shouting you out in a future episode. So go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash review and subscribe, rate and review the show. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I know that you could be doing a million and one other things. And the fact that you spent this time with me just goes to show your commitment to loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste. This episode is brought to you by my free guide, 10 easy steps to transform your home into a play-inducing haven. When you get this free PDF download, you'll learn how to start with decluttering, choosing the right toys, and setting up the three play zones that I think every child needs and every home can have no matter how big or small. To claim yours free, just go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash design.